You're listening to The Crunch with Cam Slater. Right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Now it's time for Cam's Buddies. This week we'll find out what they think about the behaviour of our media. My producer has them all lined up and ready to go, so let's hear what Cam's Buddies have to say about the lamestream media and the propaganda press. Good afternoon, Paul. Welcome to Cam's Buddies. Good afternoon, Cam. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. So this week, I thought we would discuss the behavior of the media in the way that they they have been acting like petulant clowns, demanding, you know, Winston Peters and Christopher Luxon and David Seymour answer their questions, damn it. And what you think about that and uh, the approach of the politicians to how they've been dealing with them. Well, I think some of the questions are good and worthy of an answer. Like one politician asked, I think, Winston, can I carry you a bag? And that's probably the level of which some of our media uh, are at. So when a, when a media person asks a politician, can I carry your bag? I think that's a probably good question. It deserves an answer, like yes or sod off. And um, when they say, oh, what are you negotiating this and that and the other about? Who in their right mind thinks it's a good idea to tell the media your strategy so they can tell everybody so you can't negotiate? I mean, is this moronic behaviour or is this just, are they low IQ individuals? Well, I mean, you know, the question about the can I carry your bag, can you imagine what would have happened if Winston Peters had said yes and handed it over? The TVNZ would have run the headline Winston Peters can't even carry his own bag. How's he going to cope with a coalition? You know, you can just see what the, the sort of nonsense that they do. 100%. And also they're asking all these other questions about how long do you think it's going to take? Well, do they think that he's got a crystal ball? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about um, very important issues, aren't we? We're talking about the economy, the the, the policy issues that need to be addressed uh, each leader, of course, has his own supporters that he's got to be mindful of and all of that. And these ninny uh, journalists are, are treating it like it's some sort of game show. Well, when the question is, are you going left or right of politics? I think there's more urgency and more interest from the public. When it's which portfolio are you getting, only the Beltway would be interested. You could ask... 100 people that you came across in um, Queen Street or Lambton Quay, who is the minister and name any 10 um, portfolios? If, if more than five people knew more than five answers, I'd be astonished. And if more than five people knew more than one answer, I would still be astonished. Because most people don't give one. They just think... It's, if I'm going with a right-leaning government, that's where I'm going, I'm good. If I'm going with a left-leaning government, I can work with that. Whatever happens, I'll, I'll probably make a lot of money because they're stupid, <laughs> whatever, but not good for the country. So that's what happens if you're worried about which side of politics is going on. Because they're all on the same side, and now it's working out which portfolio, well, it behoves them to, one, keep their powder dry to negotiate the best they can for their um, constituents, and it also when they've done that, they can actually put the, the slant on the doing of the work for the next three years. It's better that we 
plan a little now than have rubbish ministers later. I mean, I was watching TVNZ the other night and um, they had this outrage that Winston Peters walked for two minutes through the terminal and didn't utter a word and refused to answer the 27 questions that were put to him by reporters. Who are these people? Do they not realise that they've treated uh, Winston Peters or indeed any other politician on on the conservative side of the ledger with utter contempt and disdain for six years, why would you answer them if you were one of those politicians? I mean, I wouldn't. I don't talk to them. It's just beggars' belief well, that they're stunned. Yeah, I don't talk to them on principle, and um, a few of them have rang me up making all sorts of claims about um, who I am. And mm. as soon as they say their name, um, that's the end of the phone call as far as I'm concerned, because whatever they have to say... I'm not interested. So that's how I view many um, media. But also, one of the questions of the 27 was, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. What, what yeah. public interest is there of that? Another one was, can I carry your bag? And, and, and 27, who's the fool that's counting? I mean, well, what, the, what has he got to do with life? I know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, utterly ridiculous, the level that... I mean, what about uh, News Hub, right, owned by Discovery, one of the biggest media outlets in the world, you know, worth billions of dollars. They've got their cap in hand out to the politicians now begging for taxpayer money to keep them afloat. And their stunning stunning, uh, addition to the political debate is they've got a camera on a cauliflower and they're seeing how much it will wilt before we get a coalition agreement. <laughs> I mean, what I think is more interesting is that after spending the time hammering um, Luxon, um, Seymour and Winston and making, trying to make them into figures that the, the public don't like, but the public liked them more than the BS that the media was presenting... And then they're going cap in hand to these people. I'm sure they're going to have a, a roaring success on their financial policy of this big money from the government that we've slaked for as the last few years and see, see how much of that comes good. And as far as Winston is concerned, I think he's, you know, it's like he's got that Cheshire cat look about him. And I 100% agree with him that when people have poked their finger in your eye long enough and ignored you and marginalised you and won't even give you any oxygen or any airtime, and then um, suddenly you get to, with hard work, true leather and going out there and making it happen, you get to get back into um, the controls again. Well, let's see how it all pans out for those folks that thought it was good. You know, the media are very short-sighted in some of the things they do, and I just look and think, it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was a few statements. I remember when Donald Trump called the the media the enemy of the people, and they were all outraged and uh, and hurt and had hurty feelings and said this is appalling and turning people against us. It's like they have no shred of humility. They they haven't got any self awareness, and they haven't realised that actually we loathe and despise most of them because they're loathsome and despisable people. And when they're being 
paid $55 million, to quote the government party line in not um, doing the job of the fourth estate, the whole country is weaker for it and then the whole world is weaker for it. And my firm belief is that there are people like George Soros, if you like, and I know that why would you think he's interested in New Zealand, but he's interested in every form of interruption as far as my point of view is concerned. He's trying to work out value for money, things that he can do that upset the normal life of good citizens. And and I think the media have been have bought into it and they've, they've been funded by the government and by the likes of people with agendas, and they're just useful idiots. And you look but, and you think, boy, never a true word spoken. Yeah, look, you, you're a business person. You've got, I don't know how many companies, lots, I've lost count. Do many of those companies take any government money or non, none at all? And if the, if you uh, don't take any government money and and uh, your customers uh, walk out the door and disappear, what happens to that business? Well, well, I've found that when customers stop buying because you stop giving them either the products or the services that they required, or even the services on the service or the service on the services they require, and they vote with their feet, you have a much greater in tune to the way they're thinking because your employees, futures, everything depends on it. And so I don't take money from the government. And having said that, when the government said you can take some money to keep your employees employed during the lockdowns, I I take that. That's 100% I did. But it was a very meager sum. And because a number of my employees are contractors as well, and so that they they were doing whatever was right for them. Mm. But... Aside from that, I don't think I, and I'm still in any given year a net contributor, not a net taker. For yeah. Sure. But and, you know, this um, is the thing so, with these yeah, media companies. They, they've got their hand out for government money. And then they also sit there and wallop the government that's giving them the money. It, it, it beggars belief that they have any sort of, it seems like they don't have any shame. Yeah, no shame. But they were definitely drinking the Kool Aid as far as safe and effective is concerned, and as far as climate change is concerned, some of these companies won't even write an editorial for the other side of some arguments, even in the letters to the editor type thing. And I'm thinking, how is the science settled when it's done with the majority of scientists, which is just not how science is? Like one scientist makes a discovery, proves it over, you know, with over and over, and suddenly... It changes the world. It's not the majority that we're after. It's the the leading science on the subject. And and again, that's all the media are complicit in the stupidity that, that we are being forced to face, which is spend millions of dollars as a country on things that might not be real and nothing on things that we know are real. And that's exactly right. You know, um, this is exactly why I have you guys on uh, Cam's Buddies because it just cuts through the BS and the spin and we get what real people on the street think and that's what Reality Checks Radio is all about. So thanks again, Paul, for calling in for Cam's Buddies and we'll talk again next week. Thanks, mate. Take care. Bye for now. Welcome to Cam's Buddies, Jack. G'day, Cam. How's your day going? My day's fantastic. Thank you very much. Now I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd hit you with a little question about how you think 
the behaviour of the media has been in hounding Winston Peters and Christopher Luxon and David Seymour, asking them inane and ridiculous questions about negotiations before they've even begun. It's a little bit like the Israel-Hamas conflict, isn't it? They both hate each other, and mm. nothing they can do can resolve anything. Uh, you know, I was just you know watching the performance on TVNZ the other night uh, where they're chasing uh, Winston Peters through the airport and complaining that in two minutes he failed to answer 27 questions. And and this is a, a terrible thing that Winston Peters won't answer questions. We saw Stuff uh, doing the same thing. Oh, we asked him these questions and he refused to answer. What do you think about that? Look, Cam, you're a journalist. I don't put you in the same camp as these other guys, but all they want is sensation. And he's the one that will give it. So they will do anything to do whatever so that they can write something innocuous. Are they as dumb as a pack of performing seals? Well, you probably know that my areas of expertise are photography and flying. And I probably know more than the average person about both. And whenever I read something in the Herald or stuff on either of those topics, I think, oh, my God, nothing of this article is true. And then you extrapolate that to all the other things that you're not an expert in. And you think, nothing in this paper is true. <laughs> so I don't know. No, oh, no, there's somebody who famously said that um, news is all the bits in the paper that they couldn't sell advertising for. Yeah, I sometimes wonder. But, I mean, at the moment, because the Labor government paid all that money to the press to keep them afloat, um, you can't believe anything that's said because um, they've been put on an agenda. Yeah, I mean, I call them the propaganda press, and I think it's an accurate description. I think it's very accurate. Nothing much more I could say. Winston could do better, to be fair. He's smarter than all of them put together, but he plays along to their fantasies. He could put a stop to that much easier if he wanted to, but I think he, he it humours them. I think he's getting some sort of uh, enjoyment out of ignoring them like they ignored him during the election campaign for the last three years. And I think he gets some sort of perverse pleasure from that. And but but you know the funny thing is, Jack, is that that's why I voted for him to do things like that, to to be a larrikin, to be mischievous. And uh, you know, I've got to say I'm think, loving it. I think you're right, but the great masses out there, um, they still hang on to every word the media is, unfortunately, so they don't go along with it. I'm on your side, but um, I think we're in a minority. Uh, I don't know if we are in a minority. 53% of the voting population voted for National Act or New Zealand First. That's a, a clear majority. So, uh, you know, this is the thing. I'm sitting there watching you know, Chris Hipkins announcing that, oh, you know, I'm going to put um, capital gains tax and a wealth tax back on the table. It's like nobody um, has told Chris Hipkins the election finished like four weeks ago. <laughs> I think we're all over it, to be honest. I wish we'd, something would happen so we can just get on. Well, I actually don't want anything to happen other than someone to hit the brake and the handbrake and uh, and try and do a bit of a donut in reverse direction, 180 degrees, because what we've been doing for the last six years is appalling, and we need to unravel all that and then start heading back to some of the things that actually work, not this, you know, woke wombolism that doesn't achieve anything other than make people angry. But when I listen to uh, Luxon, 
I don't hear any different rhetoric from him at all. But time will tell. Well, somebody described we'll some, to, Yeah, I mean, somebody described him. him to me the other day as the David Brent of of New Zealand politics, and I don't know if you yes. ever wa- ever watched The Office, but uh, you know that's Ricky Gervais's character of David Brent, the inept manager who thinks he's brilliant. Man, that's a good description. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, can I use that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, most welcome to use it, Jack. <laughs> I think you said that last week when I said something. You said, "Can I use it?" <laughs> I'm always looking at profound things to use. <laughs> well, all the, uh, thank you for calling in to Cam's Buddies, and as usual, it's been highly entertaining, and we'll talk again next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to Cam's Buddies, Jimmy. How are you this afternoon? G'day, Cam. Good, good very good. How are you? Oh, I'm always great, mate. Always great. <laughs> what Now, what things have you got for me tonight, mate? Right, well, I think what we'll do is we'll have a little chat about the media and how they've been behaving towards, you know, the prospective leaders uh, of National and Act and New Zealand First as they, you know, throw their little tanties because uh, the politicians aren't talking to them. What do you think about that from your observation? Well, I think Winston has been excellent in ignoring the media. There's nothing positive. Whatever he says to them would be spun in a way that would be used against him. And I think that um, Seymour and even Luxon not talking to them too much, giving very brief interviews, has just been amazing. And they they just want to fill up content time and click time, so they've just got to get anything. And yet there is literally nothing to talk about because we don't know anything about the coalition. They should go and investigate something else, like... Chloe Swarbrick's speech at the Domain the other day. Yeah, just appalling. And, and But the trouble is, is the media are all cheering people like Chloe Swarbrick on. But I'm actually impressed with Christopher Luxon. And, and, you know, I thought you're probably going to pick yourself up off the floor that I've actually said that now. But but I think he's been like kind of on message. We're not talking about the coalition. It's It's almost like him and Winston and David Seymour have said, right, boys, we're not talking about anything until we've got it all sorted. Then we'll have a joint meeting and we'll announce what we're going to do. But it's, you know, say nothing and uh, and we'll just uh, watch the media who basically have an- tried to ankle tap us, uh, you know, act like fifth columnists and uh, and try and get, you know, one over on us for the last six years. Uh, we're not going to play their game. We're going to play our game. Exactly, and and like as Winston said, they didn't want to talk to him before the election, and now they want to talk to him. So stuff them. I hope they all get together and agree to defund the uh, the public interest journalism fund. You know, well, I think they could make go the further media than actually that. work for their money. No, I well, think they need to go further than but, that. They need to stop all the government um, advertising, or and stop yeah, or cut, stop cut paying for budgets. it. Yeah, stop paying for it. And if it is genuine public interest, like you know, there's a measles outbreak and we really need people to get vaccinated for measles or something similar to that, we'll make them carry that for free. And uh, then they can't sell that space to somebody else and then they'll go broke a little bit faster. Well, maybe not for free that, but they should at least all tender for it so they all have a, like we all have to in our businesses, you know. Um, whereas I know that over COVID that all the COVID messaging was not, um, it was just open price, just whatever they wanted and that was part of the it was full rack rate, wasn't corrupt it? Way of fun. Yeah, and it's just that was the gravy. And they can just all tender for the advertising. Like we have to for everything, like every other government department makes us do. So 
So I, I really hope Winston and talks, you know, get Seymour and Luxon on board with that, and that's one big strong part of the coalition thing because we have to sort the media out. It's insane. They're supposed to be the fourth estate, but many years ago I nicknamed them the media party. But I actually think that they're they're not actually like involved as a political party. I think they're actually more the propaganda press than anything else. That they've well, become they, they've become you, under Labour an arm of the government. Well, I remember when you used to call them the media party, and at the time it seemed correct. But they've gone further than that since then, right? And and especially since COVID, they've become a propaganda arm. It's like propaganda. So. Like the sheer fact that Chloe Swarbrick could stand up and stay there and not get any massive heat or stood down or pressure or something the other day is just blows my mind. Eh? Well, I, mean, I, I can't I guess, believe that happens in our country. I mean, I guess that's where you're seeing the power of, you know, Twitter under Elon Musk is that people can snip that out, uh, add commentary, and then create thousands of views of that that would normally not get seen um, because the media aren't covering it. It is being covered now. It's being covered by citizens. It's being covered by commentators. It's been covered by anybody who's got an opinion on X or Twitter, as it used to be called. I mean, you, you know, you look at um, at Tucker Carlson. You know, he had an audience of 5 million, 5 million when he was on Fox News. He's got an audience of hundreds of millions now. You know, every time he issues one of his uh, one of his videos, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think what we're seeing is the last hurrah of the conglomerate media. You know, like News Hub, like One News, like New Zealand Herald uh, stuff, where they're actually not relevant anymore. People can bypass them completely. Well, we just saw the project Gast, so that was good. That was an expensive exercise, making no money and being woke. So I've got the gas. This is what has to happen if these media companies want to get back on track. I mean, it just can't be sustained. Radio New Zealand's audience is shrinking with no ads. Mm. You know, Mike Hosking's audience has massively grown. And he but has but, aren't, but aren't they aren't they uh, you know crying a river of tears? I mean, there's this big article in the media on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, you know, oh, this is a great loss to New Zealand television that the project's been gassed. You know, it's really, not a, it's not a great loss. It's a, a, a loss to the Greyland Greens, mate. That's all it is. No the Greyland Greens and the Belt and the Beltway Greens <laughs> in Wellington. Yeah, no one watches them. It's just woke fools talking crap. No one watches it, and that's why it got gassed. It's just yeah, it just doesn't make money. It just yeah. So the way Winston and particularly Winston, but you know this whole. Coalition agreement not negotiated in the media is is honestly, in my eyes, a success so far, and I hope that they continue to be like this. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, they're taking a leaf out of Wayne Brown's book. I mean, he hasn't given any interviews <laughs> since he's been the mayor. It's like, oh, well, can we have an interview? No, or he just doesn't reply. He's just, he's just doing outstanding. Though I saw even some lefties sort of saying that they have to concede that he's doing a good job the other day, and I just think. He's just managing it so well. Well, he's not grandstanding in the media. I mean, I was talking to an MP today, and I was saying, you know, Simon O'Connor, who's just got gassed in um, in Tamaki by Brooke Van Velden, 
He shut down all his social media. He was doing all of these things about Taiwan and about, you know, this and that and abortion and everything else. And and since the election, he's disappeared, which just goes to show that there was no principles involved. It was just grandstanding. And that's what a lot of our media are doing. You know, if you follow any of the media on tw- on Twitter or X, as it's called now, it's just an exercise in banality. You don't actually learn anything no, from it. Fools. No, it's it's honestly, it's well, I, as you know, I've tuned out ages ago, and I, just everyone I know has, you know, loads of people who used to know buy the newspaper, they just don't buy them anymore. Just don't listen to the radio. Just they just don't, and that's. These woke fools just keep doing what they're doing, but they're failing. And then finally, we've got a bunch of politicians to beat them up from the inside as well. And if the uh, new yeah. government takes away their money, then they'll probably fail, and that might be a good thing. Oh, no, definitely. Like, stuff won't survive without government. So 70% of their advertising revenue is indirectly from the government. So they just won't survive. Oh, dear. And I can't yeah. wait to see that day. <laughs> Remi- reminds me of that politically incorrect show, uh, It Ain't Half Hot Mum and Windsor Davies character, and he goes, oh, dear, how sad. Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my take on that, Cam. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. We'll talk again next week. Thanks for calling in Thanks, to mate. Cam's Buddies. Good afternoon, Miles. Welcome to Cam's Buddies. Good afternoon. How are you today, Cam? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. What about yourself? I'm doing very well, enjoying a bit of summer sun. Well, exactly. And speaking of fun, uh, how have you uh, viewed the antics of the media chasing Winston Peters and Christopher Luxon and David Seymour for comments over the last few days or weeks uh, as uh, they've all studiously ignored the entreaties of these media lovies? Well, I think the mainstream media needs to realise that they report the news. They don't make the news. I think that the politicians have been doing the right thing, keeping their mouths shut, um, organising whatever needs to be organised. And I'm sure that when the time is right, They'd let the media know, and they'll happily let the media know. But until then, what's the story? I'll tell you what the story is. The story is the media going off at half cock, asking stupid questions, and I have to say I'm heartily sick of the mainstream media, and I'm finding it very gratifying that the politicians of all three parties have got a bit of... Um, spine and backbone to stand up, say nothing and get on with the business at hand so that they can organise a successful government. And I have to agree with you on that. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the propaganda press, the mainstream media and their, you know, willful ignorance on many issues, then, you know, they've created a, a rather large space for Reality Check Radio to occupy. And, uh, you know, I'm all in favour of actually trying to gas the other media uh, quite significantly. So, you know, maybe some of them fall over. And it might sound gleeful on my part, but having been attacked by the media for years and years and years, you know, I have a little bit of schadenfreude here. Look, I'm 100% with you on that. I was horrified during the campaign at the media... And what they said, the mainstream media, 
were basically Labour Party propaganda shills. And from my perspective, I was um, listening to the election night broadcasts and the funniest thing that happened was that one of the guests made a joke about Winston Peters becoming broadcasting minister. And you could just, just see the looks of shock and horror on the on the media um, faces, on the TV presenters' faces <laughs> after he said that. And basically, they said, look, that's not funny. <laughs> it was the best the best thing that happened apart from the uh, win of the um, centre-right the whole evening. Yeah, I, I had a little giggle about Tober O'Brien, who was saying, you know, if you're standing on your mother's grave and hand on heart, could you have predicted that this would happen? And and I think that 53% of New Zealanders at least were sitting there nodding their heads going, yeah, yeah Tova, yeah, yeah, we did predict it. We did see this coming. The polls all said it was going to happen. Uh, so why are you surprised? And I guess this is, you know, the disconnect that the media have. They just simply are not representative of the general public in any way, shape, or form. They're you know, liberal elite uh, tosses that are so far up their own fundament um, that they think that awful aroma is actually perfume, but it's actually the inside of their bowels. Come on, Cam, tell us what you really think. No, I think you've got a point. I'm sorry to have to say my view of the mainstream media is that they seem to have dug themselves into a hole and that hole has collapsed in on them. But instead of stopping digging and uh, trying to reassess their position, they're keeping on doing what they've always done. And in my opinion, public um, mood has turned and I am beginning to see a lot of people looking at other sources like Reality Check Radio so that they can get a perspective on the news that hasn't been available in New Zealand for years and years. I mean, you look at the election campaign in the media. I mean, how often did we see anything about you know a lot of the minor party candidates uh, other than derision, uh, mocking, or attempts to hijack, uh, shame them into into towing the line on what the media thinks is important. And you look at Reality Check Radio, you know, we interviewed hundreds, hundreds of other candidates, other viewpoints from lots of minor parties. Uh, and we provided people with a broad spectrum. Now, sure, you know, some people in the National Party came on some of the shows and none came on mine other than Mark Mitchell. And to his credit, he stood up to the bosses in the National Party and said, look, I'm going on Cam show whether you like it or not. But you know, the reality is, is that those minor parties benefited from the exposure in the media from Reality Check Radio. Imagine how much better they would have been if the media had actually given them the similar exposure to what we gave them. You know, and then that, and that's a, a question, a very uh, serious question that the mainstream media needs to answer and explain why they're affecting democracy in such a negative way by not giving them coverage? I'm frankly over the mainstream media. I think they've had their chances at putting it right. I think the 
chill wind of a new government and a new way of thinking. And I think the chill wind will include the real or very real chance that revenues will decrease to a point that some organisations find it untenable uh, for them to continue. And in this, I see uh, Reality Check Radio having a, a real part to play in the resurgence of of actual reporting, of asking people for their point of view and then publishing that, rather than what seems to have happened from the mainstream media, where we get opinions reported as news, we get fake experts reported as knowing what's best for everyone. And goodness me, I'm sick of it. I'll tell you what, I like to look at all the facts. I like to make up my own mind. And, you know, the mainstream media has done themselves a real disservice. And I feel that, um, you know, you can see this derision that they've treated the minor parties even to this day. When just recently they reported on the opening of the um, by-election at um, Port Waikato, and uh, they're saying, you know, only one person had a natural hair colouring and implying that everyone else was old and white-headed. I mean, what what was going on in that journalist's mind? It's, oh, I don't, it's I don't think I don't think there was anything going on in the journalist's mind. I think the gerbil in the wheel had pegged out. <laughs> I mean, that sort of thing has hit... Uh, Luxon as well, and I think Luxon, to his credit, has handled the media admirably well. I think Seymour has also done a good job. I said as much before, I think it was with Jimmy, I said, you're probably picking yourself up off the floor. I've just praised Christopher Luxon. (laughs) Well, you know, credit where credit's due, but I'll tell you something, Luxon, Seymour and Peters must be really grumpy about the way that they were misrepresented during the election campaign, and I believe that they were misrepresented. I mean, there was every chance for the media to report a balanced election, and in my view, they failed. It was total failure. They came across, as I had said earlier, the left-wing propaganda machine. Yeah. Patsies and and shills. Yep. And look, I think there's going to be a very real change. I think people are over just believing what has been spoon-fed to them by the media. I think the media need to realise that the public know that they're interviewing their own keyboards. And I think the media need to realise that their opinion doesn't matter at all. We're not interested in their opinion They're not celebrities. They're reporters. Their job is to bring us facts from all sides of the story. I want to read those facts. I want to make up my own mind. And currently, one of the few places that gives me that is Reality Check Radio. And on that note, Miles, thank you for calling Cam's Buddies, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you very much, Cam. Aren't my buddies just awesome? They never let me down. 
Now, tell us who you think is the best of Cam's buddies and why that is by emailing inbox at realitycheck.radio or text to 2057. This is The Crunch with Cam Slater. Conversations with a side of controversy right here on RCR.